chapter number 16. We'll start reading at verse number 11. And, and I, I just want to thank the congregation for, for helping us uh, go out and pick up baby formula. It may not mean anything to you unless you got a baby or a grandbaby. Uh, uh, Ron, where'd you have to go to find baby formula? Run up here right quick. Ron had to run all over town. Where'd you finally end up to get formula? Uh, well, <laughs> it started with Infamil, then Infamil Sensitive, and then Infamil, like four different brands down the line here. But uh, we were able to find some, but you have to go everywhere from Austin to San Antonio to just depends. With gas, $20 a gallon. <laughs> so thank you is all I'm saying. Thank you for, for helping us. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, everybody, for helping us. Because we got to take care of the babies. Because how many know if the baby ain't happy... Have you found 1 Samuel 16? I'm just going to start at verse 11. And Samuel said to Jesse, Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all your children? And Jesse said, Well, uh, there is the youngest. He's out keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, we'll send and fetch him. We're not going to sit down until he gets here. And Jesse sent and brought David in. He was ruddy or he had a reddish complexion. He didn't have that Jewish complexion. That's strange. But with all a beautiful countenance and, and goodly to look to, and the Lord said. <laughs> it's important what the Lord says. I know you've been listening to a lot of different sayers, but it's most important what the Lord is saying. Arise and anoint him, for this is the one right here. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his haters. I mean his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord. Whew, the Spirit of the Lord came on David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramah, chapter 17 verse 31 and when the words and when the words were heard which David spake they rehearsed the words to King Saul and Saul sent for David and David said to Saul let no man's heart fail because of this giant Thy servant will go and fight this Philistine. And Saul said, the head man said, 
to David, you are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you're but a youth, and he's a man of war from his youth. And I want to take our text just for the next few minutes from a portion of verse 33. And Saul said to David, you're not able to fight this Philistine. And my subject is overcoming your giants. But my subtitle is, it's not as bad as you think. Goliath wasn't as bad as everybody thought. And I know some of you, not all of you, but some of you came for a word from God today. And I'm here to tell you, your giant, he's not as bad as he thinks. He's not as bad as he thinks he is, and he's not as bad as you think he is. Father, thank you for your word, God. It's why we've gathered today in your house. Some of us have to hear from you today. And everybody shout in the name of Jesus. Uh, uh, go ahead and tell two people it's not as bad as you think. Just go ahead and tell them. It's just not as bad. That's what God said. Just not as bad. Now, in this context... The prophet Samuel anoints David, and the Spirit of the Lord came on David from that day forward. And the Holy Spirit enabled David. You see, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is the field representative in the earth realm. It, it, it's the anointing of God that gets you power to get blessing. In, in fact, Deuteronomy 8.18 said it'll give you the power to get wealth. Shout, I'm getting the power to get wealth. See how that's stuck in your throat? Because you don't think uh, you can get wealth, that, that it's only for special people. No, it, it's for all of God's anointed children. Mm -hmm. and, and God's word's going to bring a fresh anointing on you here today so, so that you're able to do exceptional things. Now, it, it wasn't normal for a 20-year-old shepherd to come up against a 10-foot giant out in the field, but for David, uh, God made an exception. It's, it's not normal for a 90-year-old woman to give birth to a baby, but for Sarah, God made an exception. It, it, it's not normal for folks to, to march around walls for six days, and then on the seventh day, march, march seven times and holler in the walls. But for Joshua, God made an exception. It, it, it's really not normal for a man to go into a hungry lion's den and then come out the next morning unscarred or unscathed. But for Daniel, 
God made an exception. It, it, it's not normal to go into a fiery furnace, especially when they heated it up seven times hotter than it needed to be. Uh, but for those Hebrew boys, God made an exception, and, and their jackets didn't even smell like smoke. It's not normal for birds to feed people. It's normal for people to feed birds. But, but for Elijah, God made an exception. And time after time after time, throughout God's word, uh, he, he, he's showing us here uh, that, it, it's, that we're not supposed to be normal. When the Spirit of God is operating in our life, we're able to do exceptional things. We're able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that, that we asked or think. Now, an exception is something uh, that couldn't happen, shouldn't happen, wouldn't happen unless God uh, made it happen. Mm -hmm. And I've come this morning to tell you, if God did it for David and he did it for Sarah, and he did it for Joshua, and he, and he did it for Daniel, and he did it for those three Hebrew boys, and he did it for Elijah, and he did it for Elisha, and he did it for Isaiah, he'll do it for you. Somebody shout, I'm next to be anointed yeah, like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so God just keeps repeating himself. He keeps repeating himself over and over and over throughout the scripture because God knows our mind has to be renewed. I was talking to one of our guys. He's got, a, he's got a, uh, about four uh, titanium steel plates on his spine with eight screws, and one, one of the titanium screws broke. I said, man, what have you been doing to break a titanium screw? And he said, well, Bishop, I don't know what the, uh, is going on. He said, pardon my French. He said, but that's why I'm in church every time the doors open because I, I, I got to get my mind renewed. I, 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 and, and that's why I'm here today. I'm Really, I'm not here to air my tonsils or to try to convince you that God called me to preach. I'm here because I need a fresh anointing. I, I, I'm here because I need a fresh word from God. I don't know. You may have come looking for a date, but I came looking for God this morning because I need a fresh touch because yesterday's word won't fix me. I have to have that now word. I'm, I'm talking about that proceeding word from Almighty God. But, but, but God keeps repeating himself and repeating himself and repeating himself. That's why we have church regularly because God wants to repeat himself uh, to fix our mind because with the mind uh, we serve uh, the Lord. And, 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 and we're also engaged uh, in mental warfare this morning. Solomon explains it like this. As a person thinks, so are they this morning. So, so, so God is, is, is telling us 
what he thinks about us today to override the negative things you've been thinking about you today or that your spouse has been telling you about this week. Ooh, y'all got quiet on that. Uh, our faith grows by how much we believe in God and how much we believe in ourselves. You see, the ten spies, when, when Pastor Moses sent them in to spy out the land, they came back and said, we're not able to have what God said we could have. See, God said, uh, I've given you the land, go possess it. See, God's given us all these great and precious promises, but, but we have to take it. And Jesus said, uh, it's the Father's good pleasure to bless you, to give you the kingdom. The only problem is the kingdom is suffering violence, and the violent have to take it by force. So we're going to have to get our faith strong to get these next blessings. They said we're not able. We're like grasshoppers in our own sight. So, so it wasn't the giants or the chariots or the walls of Jericho that were keeping them from the promise. It was the grasshoppers in their head. It wasn't because they saw God wrong. It was because they didn't see themselves right. And, and see, the devil will make these grasshoppers that are hopping around on your head right now. He'll make them seem like they're bigger than the giants that's on the wall. And the first step for overcoming your giants, you have to believe in God. And you have to believe in yourself. Now, most of us have the believe in God down, but I'm going to work on that thing about us believing in ourselves that, that we can do all things, uh, uh, comma, through Christ that strengthens us up in here today. Verse number six, Samuel came to Jesse's house, and, and when he saw Eliab, he said, surely, surely, ooh, surely he's the one. He got biceps and triceps and a six-pack. Surely he's the one. Yes, but uh, uh, will he work a job? Will he pay the rent? <laughs> or will he stay home and ask for your credit card that he's already maxed out? I, I, I mean, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Samuel, he's, he's, he's looking at his countenance, his his stat he's looking at the vibes that Eliab's bringing. But also, Samuel is grieving over King Saul, and it's affecting his vision. You re remember, it, it, was, it was Samuel that anointed Saul and, and that mentored Saul. And uh, but, but God's making a change. And, and how many know if you keep on living for God, you will go through changes? Don't shout me down because I'm doing so good. You will go through changes and you will go through transition. And it's, and it's vitally important uh, uh, to stay focused on God 
and, and not all the emotional changes that you're going through. See, God had to correct the seer that, that couldn't see. He, he, he couldn't see what was in front of him uh, because he was so focused on uh, what he no longer had. Samuel hadn't mastered the art of moving on. See, sometimes you just have to move on. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, see, because God knows things we don't know. And his ways are so much higher than our ways and his thoughts. So it's best to just trust God and move on. P push your neighbor and say, I'm going to move on. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, verse number seven, the Lord said, Samuel, you're looking at the outward appearance, but, but, but I look at the heart. Now, the Hebrew word for heart here uh, refers to uh, us, uh, God trusting us. Now, now, I know Sister Pastor uh, shared with us that powerful scripture from Psalms 115 and 9 where David said, O Israel, trust in the Lord for he is our help. Oh my God, that's, that's somebody's word right there. See, we have to trust in God, but God has to also trust in us. Mm. See, David, David was morally inferior to King Saul. Mm -hmm. and, and, but, but God anointed him and blessed him because God could trust David. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I, I, I know I lost the whole congregation because... Most folks, you know, they, they, they want you to sanitize the scripture and act like uh, David is, is this angel that's just jumping up and down and, and speaking in tongues and, and throwing rocks everywhere and knocking devils down. And uh, oh, no, 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 D David had issues. But God used him because he could trust him. David made mistakes but, but, but God could trust him. Oh, God, help me, Jesus. Uh, I know I didn't give you the scripture, but if you can find Acts 13 and 22, your Bible says that God testified about David. He testified um, that, that David was a man after his heart because he fully fulfilled God's will. Now, the, the reason that David kept his job and Saul lost his was because Saul wouldn't fully do the will of God. A lot of times, Saul would just do what Saul wanted to do and wonder why God wouldn't bless it. Oh, Lord, I done lost the whole congregation there, but... Uh, but, but I'm going to show you. Now, now, David didn't start out with, with God trusting him. See, God has tools in his toolbox that will develop trust. It will develop God trusting you. Put, put, put Psalms 119 and 71 
in the NLT on the screens if you can. David said, uh, David said, uh, before I was afflicted, I would go astray. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I was afflicted, I, 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 I would go astray. But the affliction uh, caused me to keep God's word. Verse 71, uh, David said, my suffering was good for me. <laughs> I got one yeah on this whole Baptist church. My, my, my suffering was good for me, for it taught me to pay attention uh, to God's decrees. <laughs> you, you see, God doesn't mind sending a little fiery trial. Now, now, now and, and, and the reason so many people dropped out during the pandemic is when, when a little trial came, they thought, my God, my God, if I go to church, I'm going to get the virus and die. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When, God, when God allows the fire, and, and I know, I, I, I hope I can get you all back, but, 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 but I know there's a lot of teaching that, that it's not God that sends affliction. It, it, it's not God that sends pain. It's not God that sends this, that, or the other. Well, he sent it to Jacob. He couldn't get Jacob to change, so he knocked his hip out of joint. I don't know if you've ever had anything out of joint or not. Have you? Yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's painful, baby. I still got that finger right there out of joint. It, it never Sometimes I'll reach out, shake hands, and I got that crazy finger thing that, that, that got jammed up, and people are wondering, what in the heck is he doing? Anyway, uh, uh, see, verse 72, uh, your instructions are more valuable to me than millions of, in gold and silver. See, it's these fiery trials. Malachi 3 and 3 says, God will let you go through the refiner's fire. It's to burn out the dross so God can put the anointing on you. He's not going to waste his anointing when your heart is full of dross. Oh, Lord. Verse number 8. Let me get out of that. Then Abinadab, the second son of Jesse, he comes before Samuel. And God said, he ain't it. And, and then the third son uh, uh, comes, Shema, but before uh, uh, Samuel. And God said, he's seven sons, seven, seven sons. Now, if you're into numerology, you, you know that seven is God's number. You know that seven uh, is the number of completion. So this thing ought to have been completed, but God broke his own rule to keep David in the mix. And I've come to tell you this morning, God will break his own rules uh, just to get the anointing on your life. You're going to need it because his anointing breaks heavy burdens. It destroys demonic yokes. It's the only thing that's going to keep you strong uh, the rest of this year. So Somebody shout, God, pour it on me today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ooh, thank God for his anointing. Mm -hmm. He's the eighth son, the new son of new beginnings. Uh, see, we're in a new season whether you like it or not. <laughs> and, and you can try to do everything the old way if you want to. You're going to get left behind, baby. If you don't get in step with God, 
because God moving on. Verse number 12, so Jesse sent for David, and your Bible says he was Rudy. Not Rudy, but Rudy. Uh, uh, his the Hebrew says, uh, <laughs> I know a lot of people that are moody and Rudy, but uh, <clears throat> the, the Hebrew says uh, that he had a reddish complexion. Now, your pastor will be back next week. Uh, he's laying out on the beach right now watching me so he can critique the message and see what he needs to fix next Sunday. But, but see, I'm old school, and, and, and any, any time I see red, I think of the blood of, of Jesus Christ. And you, you see, the blood, whether you believe it or not, it hasn't lost its power. It, it still takes the blood of Jesus. You, you, you may not think you need it today, but if you keep on living, baby, you're going to need the power uh, that's in the blood. The precious blood still has authority over Satan today, and there's blood dripping from Genesis to Revelation in this holy book today. Somebody shout, I believe in the blood. So, so be seated. God, God made Abraham great and precious promises, uh, uh, but they were not ratified until blood was shed. God, God said, Abraham, you're going to have to take a ram, and you're going to have to take a goat, and, and you, you, you're going to have to divide them in the middle. Blood had to be shed. Genesis 15 and 9, uh, Abraham offers this blood sacrifice, and God ratifies uh, his covenant. And all the promises, uh, they were just words to Abraham until blood was shed. Put Exodus 12 and 26 on the screen. Uh, uh, Pastor Moses said to the people, uh, uh, when your children say, why are we going to church? The neighbors aren't going to church. They're out playing soccer. Sunday soccer. Why do we have to go to church? Put verse 27 on the screens. Uh-huh. You need to say to them, it's the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when he smote the Egyptians and delivered our houses. And the people bowed their head and said, we got it now. You have to say, baby, you have to say to yourself when negative situations come and negative thoughts come, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I, I'm in covenant with God Almighty. I'm covered by the precious blood of the Lamb. And you got to say it to your children. They're not going to just get it one hour. At kids' ministry? I mean, they're, they're, trying to, they're trying to just keep law and order over there. They'll grab me and say, Bishop, you're not going to believe what went on in kids' ministry. I said, don't tell me. Don't tell me. I'm just pleading the blood over them all. And they said, well, plead the blood over us too then. 
but you've got to say. You have to keep saying. The way you apply it, you keep saying it. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Everybody shout, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Oh, Bishop, that sounds too gory for me, baby. Th then church is going to be gory for you because here at Christian World, as long as I'm still breathing, we're going to be talking the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but, oh, precious is the flow. Whew. So the blood protects you from destruction. It protects you from the devourer. I said the blood will protect you from the judgment of God. You know, I've, and I've heard preachers saying, oh, you know, uh, Corona's the judgment of God. I don't believe it's the judgment of God. Maybe the judgment of the world, but it's not the judgment of God. God wasn't in the lab when they made that crazy virus. But God's going to protect his people. If you'll stay covered by the blood. Shout, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, all Israel had to do was put the blood on the doorpost of their house or their business. They just put the blood, and they spoke the blood. They spoke the blood. God said, Moses, this, this is going to be an everlasting covenant. Everlasting. I, 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 want, I want the people to celebrate uh, the Passover. I want them to celebrate uh, the, uh, the blood of the lamb but because that's what kept them free. And if you're wondering how to make the devil run, if you're tired of the devil causing you to fear and you want to cause him to fear, start pleading the blood. It'll, it'll, that's how you resist the devil and make him flee. The word flee there in the Greek means to run with fear. How many want to terrify the devil today? All right. Well, then start pleading the, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ. Shout amen to that. Now, now, I have people this morning that are fighting anxiety. They're, they're fighting cancer. They're, they're, they're fighting depression. They're, they're, they're fighting heart disease or diabetes. They're, they're fighting, everybody's fighting something. For those extreme cases, I've got them all taking communion with me every night. Well, Bishop, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid it'll become too normal. <laughs> Baby, communion is the meal that heals. I take it every night. I have a nightcap every night, and it's my holy communion because it's the meal that heals. Because after dealing with, with some people, I need healing. I, 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 I know, I'm, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? The, the, the second step for overcoming your giants, you have to proclaim that you're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelations 12 and 11 says, we overcome Satan. 
by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our mouth. It's when you put the blood in your mouth and proclaim you're covered by the blood that you can overcome every demon in hell. Shout, I'm an overcomer this morning. Be, 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 be part of verse 12. David had a beautiful countenance. The, the Hebrew says that, that he was humble. That's, that's why he didn't stumble that much. He was, he was humble. Samuel anointed David in the midst of his brethren. Not in the midst of all his haters. See, you don't have to take revenge out on your haters just because they post something on Instagram. Let God handle them. If you'll just be still and know he's God. See, because some of you are anointed with your mouth to speak before you engage your brain. God will take care of them. God said, I'll prepare a table for you right in the midst of your haters. I call that a prepared blessing, but, but, but you can't get that prepared blessing if you start hating on the haters. Just let, just let, just let God handle them. Verse, verse 13, and, and then Samuel, Samuel, after he anoints David, Samuel goes to Ramoth. So David has a king's anointing on him out in the shepherd's field. He's anointed to be king, but God's still got to work on some things in David's life. See, and some of you are anointed this morning, and you can't, wonder, you can't figure out, what in the heck am I going through? Now, Levi says, heck's an okay to say. Because he was cussing, and I said, baby, you can't, you can't say that. He said, can I say heck? I mean, they got to say something. So when he's having a bad day, he says, heck, 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 heck. He just machine guns it. So, so, so God's... He, he's working. He's, and, and for y'all watching online in Africa, that's my eight-year-old grandson. Oh, and it's good to have his other grandmother here. Y'all be praying that they'll move to San Antonio. Cincinnati, Ohio is too far away. And God, it's going to take more hands, not less. For these two boys, I don't know. They're, they're wired hot. Uh, but... But, but, but God's, he's, he's, he's working. God, because see, God knows things you don't know. God knows things about you that you don't know about you. Mm -hmm. So he keeps him on the backside of the desert because God knows uh, that the anointing attracts attacks. You, you still want to be anointed today. Uh, uh, it, it, promotion attracts attacks. But see, God knew when David got in the palace that King Saul was going to get crazy 
and start throwing javelins at him. And see, God has great promotions for you. And we're going to be speaking those blessings and promises and promotions over you for, for the next six, seven weeks. We're going to be speaking, speaking, speaking. But, but, but you've got to be patient. <laughs> got to be patient because God knows what he's doing. Let God do his thing. You remember when, when God gives... Uh, Moses, the assignment, Moses says, I stutter. Now, he didn't stutter until God gave him his assignment. But, but because when, when, when God speaks to you and gives you an assignment, if you're not careful, you'll start stuttering. But, but notice, God didn't say anything about his stutter. He just said, I'm going to send you help. So, so, so whatever you're... Whatever you're trying to tell God to excuse you from what God wants you to do, let me remind you, he'll send you help. He'll send help from heaven. <laughs> Ooh, somebody shout help from heaven, Lord. Uh, uh, help, help from heaven. And you remember when the Lord came to Gideon and said, Gideon, you are mighty man of valor. He said, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm, I'm the least in, in my whole family. I, I don't have the resource. I don't have this. I don't have that. God didn't start arguing with him. He just kept speaking. God's not going to argue. You think God's going to argue with you? He'll just send you some help. Shout helps are coming. So, so, so David has a promise with no plan. He's, he's out in the pasture and wondering, how am I going to get to the palace, I, I, I know, I know I've been, I know I've been anointed. I, I, I know God's been speaking this to me. I know God has great things. I know the plan that God has for my life is not evil. It's a good plan, and and it's going to give me the end that I've been praying for. Uh, but but you have to be patient. Oh, help us, Jesus. Oh, help me, Jesus. You remember Gideon? Gideon says, uh, if this is really you, angels stand in there. And, and, and first of all, first of all, Gideon has enough teaching in him to know he's supposed to prepare a meal. So he puts a meal. Think how long it takes to put that meal together. Think how long that the angel just sat there waiting on Gideon to make shrimp gumbo. Oh, God's patient, isn't he? See, and 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 of course, <laughs> tribulation brings patience, but we hate tribulation. That's why we don't have patience. So I know it's good, but he finally, he finally gets the meal put together. And Gideon, Gideon's standing there, and the angel just reaches out and, and, and touches the meal. And the whole thing's set on fire and goes up as a sweet-smelling savor to God. And, and the angel didn't even have a big lighter. I mean, 
it, it should have clicked with Gideon, but listen at him. He said, Lord, if this is really you. <laughs> Doesn't he sound just like us? Lord, if this is really you speaking to us, this is, if this is really a word from you. Uh, in the morning, in the morning, let this fleece be wet and the ground be dry. And the next morning, he jumps up. Now, now mind you, we forgot about the angel. <laughs> He's just sitting there patient, patiently waiting on Gideon to play all his games. And, and, and then the next morning comes, and he says, let, let the, let, let the, let the uh, fleece, let it be dry and the ground be wet. And finally, he gets it. Aren't you thankful God's patient with us? Aren't you thankful he's slow to anger? If God was like some of you, I'd be dead, dead, dead already. Shout, he's a patient God. But, but he's working. God's working. He, uh, they can't see it, but God's working. He's, he's working. He, he's working for David. Verse 14, he's orchestrating a plan in the palace while David's out in the pasture. He's orchestrating. See, God's working for you right now. As you're sitting here listening to his word because his word is spirit and life. And God hadn't forgot about you. But, but he's not going to put you in the position until that heart gets right. Until he can trust you. But, but, but listen. Listen to this un named servant in, in the palace. He's telling King Saul, I know a man. I know a man when this, when this troubling spirit gets on you, this, this disconcerting spirit, this, this unsettling spirit. And see, that spirit is running rapid across the world right now. Troubling spirits. They're as much in the church as they are in the world. Because we listen to the world more than we listen to the church. But, but these disconcerting spirits would, would come on Saul, causing anxiety and, and depression and, and heaviness in, in the life of Saul. And, and see, I, uh, Isaiah said that if we would put on the garment of praise, it would drive off spirits of heaviness. It would fix your anxiety. It would fix your sleep. It would, it would fix those troubling negative voices that are in your head if you would take time to praise. And, and I appreciate everybody that comes in 11 o'clock. But it's because we haven't properly taught you the importance of praise. You see, God inhabits the praise of his people. David learned this out in the wilderness when he faced lions and bears and tigers. Oh, my. But, but he'd start praising God right out there by himself. That's what gave him a heart that pleased God. David was a praiser. He understood that God inhabits the praise of his people. David understood that his praise was a weapon of warfare that would pull down strongholds, that 
would defeat enemies in your life and if you would ever get a hold of praise that if you that's why that's why when we enter his house we come into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and we praise his name for the lord is good even if you're having a bad day the lord is good bad don't last always Now, 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 David, David's not in the palace yet, but he's praising out there in the pasture. He's anointed, but, but, but he's not stepped into the blessing yet. He's, he's not stepped in uh, to the promise yet, uh, uh, but, but he keeps that garment of praise on, and it drives out, that drives out these uh, disconcerting spirits uh, that are trying to pull uh, David. And the third step for overcoming your giants, you have to keep a praise in your mouth. In, in fact, let's go ahead and just take 30 seconds. Go ahead and take 30 seconds. I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity. Well, Bishop, I don't know if all that is necessary. Baby, I was young and now I'm old. Praise is a weapon. Praise will help your mental health, your emotional health, your physical health. It'll drive off demonic spirits. Oh, go ahead, Lawrence, take me to church. Let, let's give the people an opportunity. I know you're not in the palace yet, but while you're in the pasture, while you're in the process, right out of your life. I said praise is a weapon. It's a weapon of warfare. It's a weapon the church has laid down in this hour. You know why I know the devil hates it? Because during the pandemic, when I was preaching in California, they said, now you can't sing, Bishop. They'll turn our electricity off. They'll turn our water off if we stand on a platform and we praise his name. That's demonic. It was demonic there, and it's demonic here. When that crazy spirit got on King Saul, He was throwing javelins. David would catch him, and he'd want to throw him back, but God had humbled him. If you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God in due time, in due season, somebody's in due season right now.
fishy. See, this unnamed, this unnamed, sir, it wasn't King Saul. He couldn't hear nothing from God. It was this unnamed servant that said, King Saul, I know a man. I know a man that's cunning with the harp. See, this is age old, baby. I said, praise been running devils off a long time. And, and when Saul would get it real bad, even when, even when David was playing the harp and praising God, get that javelin right quick, son. Saul would get crazy and throw that javelin at him. But, but, but David had been on the backside of the desert long enough to learn that you don't touch God's anointed. And you don't do his prophets any harm. Well, I, I just said it on Facebook, Bishop. You might as well set it to my face. In fact, I'd rather you say it to my face. Because I discontinued my Facebook. Because the negative was outweighing the positive. And by the way, I don't watch Fox or CNN. I'll watch this right here. Well, Bishop, you're not going to know what's going on. I don't want to know what's going on in the world. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm back. <sighs> Number three, you've got to keep a praise in your mouth. This unnamed servant says, I know a man. Well, wait a minute. How do you know David when David's been on the backside of the desert? Because Jesse would bring his family to church at the Feast of Passover. And when they'd come to church, they'd put David on the harp because he was a cunning player. The word cunning there means that he played in the spirit. It, 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 I mean, when, when he played the harp, uh, revelation would come in the house. Understanding would come in the house. When David would play the harp, demons would leave the house. So that's why they would have David come. And, and he said, I know a man. I, I know a man. See, some of you think the only people that's talking uh, is your haters because that's the only one that the devil will let you know what they say. Unless you follow them on Facebook or Instagram and try to get in a word fight with them. I've learned when you start slinging mud, you just get mud all over you. I'd rather be talked about than forgot about. But, 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 I, I'm, I'm sorry. See, the, the, the Hebrew word for cunning means David had discernment. When he would pray, when he would play and praise and pray, discernment would come to him and to everybody that was praising with him. Ooh, his praise was a weapon. Uh, be part of 18. The servant said, 
He's a valiant man. I got to hurry now. The Hebrew word for valiant here means that David had a force with resources with him. In the pasture, when the devil said, God done forgot about you. You out there, pastor, don't even know your name. God knew his name. And he had an army with resources. That's how he killed lions and bears. That, that's how he developed out in the wilderness because he had uh, a force with resources. He, he had the angel army with him. See, see, when the devil comes around and tries to convince you, you all alone. You all alone, baby. Baby, you never alone. You got God's angel army with you 24-7. Yeah, go ahead and give God a hand praise. Eh? You see, because they that are with you are more than they that be. Shout, there's an army with me. Then there's valor. It, the valiant means valor. David had courage under fire. When that bear came, David could have run. But he ran toward the bear. See, God was just preparing him uh, for the giant when he was out there killing bears and lions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then the third definition of valiant, uh, valiant means David had wealth. Hear how quiet it got right there? Because the enemy's already convinced you you'll never be wealthy. You, you, you're going to never get ahead. You're going to be eating hot dogs every Friday night. Okay. But, and, 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 and David didn't have it right then. And when you don't have it, that's when the enemy will start pounding you, is when you don't have it. But David knew in his spirit. He, he knew that he had been anointed to be king, and he knew in the kingdom there would be everything he needed. That The wealth was coming uh, with the anointing that was on his life. That's why David said in Psalm 66 and 12 uh, that the anointing has led me into a wealthy place. He came from a door dasher uh, right into a wealthy place in the palace because the anointing, it wasn't that David was so strong, it was that the anointing is so strong. And what God does, he does forever. The anointing has not been diluted. The anointing has not been corrupted. There's still an anointing in the church today that'll give you the power to get well. Somebody shout, money's coming. Oh, I got to get to chapter 17, verse 17 quickly. J J Jesse, Jesse sins for David with the crackers and cheese. And David's thinking, I'm door dashing again. But, because see, even though he was anointed out in the pasture, he was still keeping sheep. See, some people, when God puts the anointing on their life, they, they, they leave their post. Well, God's blessing me now, and he's telling me to go. It's time to go. I got to go to grow. I got to fast to last. Yeah, no, 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 baby. No. When it's time for you to go, okay, God will speak to your headship. Oh, Jesus, help me down. <laughs> Instead of you telling the headship, the headship will talk to you about it. Oh, God, I lost him again, Lord. So, so when he gets there, he hears Goliath cussing. Okay. He's cussing. He's threatening Israel and God and saying what he's going to do, and everybody's running for the life. 
And the first thing, the first thing that David does is says, what will be given to the man that kills this giant? See, that's a whole teaching by itself. Okay. He, he, he wouldn't just motivate it because he wanted to knock something down. He was going to, he wanted to know how much money am I going to get for this? Mm -hmm. He didn't just get wealthy accidentally. He used the anointing that was on his life to get wealth. And, 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 and David says uh, to the soul, don't you hear him? Don't you hear this uncircumcised Philistine? I know he's big and bad. I know he's ugly. I know he's got sword, spear, and shield, but he's uncircumcised. See, in the Old Testament, circumcision was a type of the covenant. And David was saying, all I need is this slingshot because I'm in covenant with God and there's no way I can lose. All I do is win. You, you see, God had been teaching David and teaching David and teaching David on the backside of the deserts. And he's saying now, I don't care how big and bad he is, I'm in covenant with God. I, I have heaven's army with me. I've, I've got all of heaven standing uh, within the fourth step for all overcoming your giants in this season stay in covenant with God I know a lot of people are dropping out but just stay in covenant with God the, the, the scripture said in the last days there would be a thinning of the herd but maybe if you'll just hang in there hang in there I had a man call me and say Bishop it's just it's just not working it's just not working I, 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 I lost my desire to even be in church I lost my desire to even be in the house of God I said, then just show up. Well, I hate for people to see me like that. People are not going to help you. I said, just show up. Just show up at your post. You'll get through this because trouble don't last always. Stay in covenant. David said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed or his seed out begging for bread. Verse 33, David's. Saul sends for David. He said, send me David. I'm, I'm in my last resort. Nobody will fight this giant. So send me, send me David. But when Saul sees David come walking in with his, with his shepherd shoes on and with his shepherd staff and his slingshot, he says, he says, there's no way you can fight this giant. There's no way you can overcome this. There, there's no, there's no, but, but see, see, Goliath wasn't as bad as everybody thought he was. Because one commentary says that Goliath had impaired vision. And they used the shield bearer. Normally, a warrior didn't go into battle with a shield bearer. He carried his own shield, but, but not Goliath. He had a shield bearer going before him. It's because the shield bearer was guiding him to David because he couldn't see straight. And then the first thing out of Goliath's mouth was, you come after me with a stick. It wasn't a stick, it was a slingshot. He couldn't tell a slingshot from a stick because his vision was impaired. 
And then thirdly, when David, when David started winding up to let the stone go, uh-huh, Goliath didn't even duck because he never saw it coming. See, see, Goliath wasn't as bad as everybody thought he was. And God spoke to me and said, tell my people the giant that they're facing right now, he's not as big and bad as they think he is. They just need to get their mind fixed. They, they, just, they just need to understand that with God, all things are possible, that this thing can come down. If you believe God's going to bring it down, I want you to stand and give your God one more high Give your God one more high hand praise. If you still believe God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think, give him one more high praise. Ooh. And and my final word for you today is keep slinging those stones. Even, in, even when people are making fun of you. Even when people are trying to intimidate you. Keep slinging those stones. And those giants that you're facing, whether it's financial giants, whether it's giants in your health, whether it's giants in your relationship, Keep slinging those stones because it's not as bad. God said that it's not as bad. Mm -hmm. Pat, God's got his hand on you right now. And, and things are not as bad in your health as the doctors say they are. That's God touching you right now. Father, thank you. Oh, there's a healing spirit moving across the congregation right now. If you need healing for your body, I want you to come quickly. I got, I got just a minute. The elders are going to come. We're going to pray for you. If you need healing in your body. Now, David, when he was, when he was on his way, your Bible said he ran toward the giant. He ran toward the challenge. But he stopped he stopped and picked up five, five smooth stones. Five is the number. It's the number of grace. I said five. I said five is the number of God's grace. If the enemy has been disconcerting, if he's been tormenting you, there's an anointing in the room right now to bring healing, to bring healing in your body. Father, thank you for your healing power right now. There's healing in your wings here today, Father. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for your healing. That's God's touch you feel right there. God's adjusting your blood pressure right now. Right as you're standing in his presence, God's adjusting things right now. Thank you for great grace, Father. Father, thank you.
Jesus. God's helping somebody believe. Believe in the power of the blood of Jesus today. Thank you, Jesus. My Savior. Thank you for special miracles, Father. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Father. I need the blood of Jesus right now. Thank you, Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for your deliverance. Thank you, Jesus. touch that you feel
fighting a giant and it just seems like you can't overcome this one giant this one fear this one giant God spoke to me and said it's not as bad as you think it is there's power oh my God there's power in the blood of Jesus Somebody shout, there's power in the blood of Jesus. My God. Put, put Zechariah 9 and 11. Put Zechariah 9 and 11 on the screens. Put it in the New King James Version. Zechariah 9 and 11. The prophet said, I didn't say, the prophet said, because of the blood covenant she's gonna be all right she's just on the operating table she'll be all right Zechariah said because of the blood covenant Because of the blood covenant, whew, thank you, Jesus. I'm setting all the prisoners free from the waterless pit. Some of you have been in a dry pit, and the enemy has convinced you you're going to stay in that pit. God's got a word for you. Because of the blood covenant, he's going to set you free today. Now, everybody has been in a prison of some kind. I don't care who you are, you're going to go through stages. You're going to go through ages and stages. And you're going to find yourself in a waterless pit every now and then. But I got good news for you. Stay in covenant. And God said, I'll set all those prisoners free. Put that next scripture up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Return to the stronghold. Now, the Hebrews talking about church. Now, I, I get calls and texts all the time from people that saying, Bishop, you don't care. Bishop, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. I said, what's the last time you've been in church? Uh, return to the stronghold. You prisoners of hope, even today, 
I declare, I'll restore you double. I'll give you double for your trouble. I, I, I know some of you have been in a financial pit. You've been in a waterless pit. You've been in a dry, dry place. If you have, get you an envelope. And I want you to write down double for my trouble on that envelope. Your Bible said, let your request be made known to God. I'm going to pray over them because God has anointed me to break heavy burdens, destroy demonic yokes, and set you free from financial prisons, from mental prisons, emotional prisons. I was talking to a lady last week in Houston. She said, I'm, I'm battling anxiety. I, I'm, I'm so depressed, I just sit in my chair all day long. And, 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 and I let her talk for a while. I said, okay, this is what I want you to do. Go on Amazon, go on Amazon and, and get you some of these communion cups. And I'm gonna start taking communion with you every night and calling out your name. She said, I'm gonna have to call you back. My doctor's calling. I said, okay. See, God brought the medicine in supply. He's had it on ice for you. So it's ready to inject right now. If, if you need God to restore double, slip a $50 seed in there and just on that envelope, write double for my trouble. I don't know what kind of trouble you're in, but God knows. And God knows whatever one of us need. God, whatever I need to walk with you, to walk by faith and to live in victory, then let me have it, Lord. Whatever you have, I know it's going to be good for me. If you receive the word of the Lord, give God one more high hand praise. God bless you as you bring your tithe and offerings to the altar. I want you to be expecting double double for your trouble, double for what you've been through this year, double for the pain in the name of Jesus. God bless you. I'll see you Wednesday night.